Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, it's Dragged. It's Wednesday, August 14th. Time for episode 311 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter at Patriots CLNS. This week, a great opportunity to chat up one of the great voices of the Patriots, play-by-play man Bob Sosi, who does a terrific job, along with Scott Zolak, describing the action during the regular season on the 98.5 Patriots Radio Network and in the preseason on television, including Channel 4 WBZ in Boston. Follow him on Twitter at Bob Sosi. At B O B S O C C I. Welcome back, Bob. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Mike, and it's good to be back with you. It's uh, great to talk football in the preseason already. It seems like I know this is cliche. We all say it. It seems like yesterday, you know, we were doing this in anticipation of 2018, and here we are getting ready for another season coming off that Super Bowl. Well, you know, it, it seems like yesterday, especially uh, when you've made three straight Super Bowls, and I, what is it, four and five years, and the, the off season is as short as it is. Yeah, no question about it. And I think that it's one of the interesting things about this training camp, frankly, is the way Bill Belichick has approached it early on. Uh, we saw Tom Brady, for example, get day number two off. You know, when did that ever happen in the past? And you know, people have made uh, mention of it uh, over the course of the last couple of years where it has seemingly gotten easier and less taxing on players. My uh, my broadcast partner, Scott Zolak, I believe, calls it Camp Cupcake. Um, but I, I think a big part of it is because there's a lot of veterans on this team. you got a number of guys in that core that have 10-plus years of NFL experience. And you think about somebody like Brady and you know, even the Devin McCourties and Patrick Chuggs of the world, those guys have played extra seasons just based on their postseason time exactly. they've accrued, you know? Well, here's the other thing. To me, uh, uh, the whole thing that the Patriots and the players go through, it's the mental taxation as much as anything else that would really accumulate, if you're asking me. And when, when people say, boy, you know, like you just said, Bob, they've played in a, a whole additional season of football games uh, over the past three years when compared to other NFL teams, it's the mental toll, and I think that's what Belichick, more than anything else, I think is cognizant of. Yeah, Mike, I, you know, you think about, for example, baseball, there's a term that's come in vogue in recent years for relief pitchers, uh, high leverage situations, right? Well, if you're a Patriots player, physically, but I think as you point out, especially mentally, 
you're in a high leverage situation almost every day. The games themselves, you know, carry with them, you know, such high stakes. You're generally playing deep into the year, into the postseason. This is a team that's been eight straight AFC championship games. And even in practice, I would have to think as, as much as guys say, you know, they, 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 I know people around the league don't think the Patriot players have fun, but you know, as well as I do, we talk to a lot of those guys that, you know, they do enjoy what they're doing. It's a bit different here, but as much as they might enjoy it, nonetheless, the, the way they're tested week in, week out, and including when the, when the week begins in that facility, when Bill Belichick starts to quiz them about their upcoming opponent and their likely matchups, it's high leverage in, in a way. There's a lot that uh, those players have to account for mentally and when it comes to you know their performance on the field. They've got to adapt to a new scheme, a new game plan every week. And, you know, there's a lot involved in that as well. Well, I just asked Evan McCourty, and, and I loved his answer uh, last year, and the, maybe it was the year before that they all meld together at this point, when he said, really, the only fun we need is winning. And, you know, the Patriots, to a man, will tell you that. That, And, and I think Kyle Van Noy has said the same thing. Look, we know the expectations here. As long as we're winning, that's the only satisfaction, and that's the only "quote unquote" fun we need to be having as players. I, wa- I want to move on to the thirty-one to three fun time that they had in Detroit at Ford Field. You and Scott Zolak called it. The thing that stuck out to me the most was how crisp the defense looked, uh, especially in the first half. And, and granted, you were talking about a defense that wasn't the first team unit. How good the defense looked getting pressure on the quarterback, um, you know, led, of course, by Jamie Collins and Jawan Bentley. Well, I thought one of the things that was really impressive, and it goes for both sides of the ball, but in particular with the defense, is how everybody seemed to be lined up and on the same page almost every play, if not every play, prior to the snap. And I thought, for example, Mike, you know, both teams were playing with a lot of second and third team players right now on their depth chart. Right. But the Patriot players, whatever, wherever they were, whether it was, you know, first string linebacker or a third or fourth string guy trying to make the team like a Calvin Munson, they were ready to go at the snap. They were in position prior to the snap. Whereas I thought the Lions, for example, looked a bit disorganized and the same for the Patriots offensively. But, you know, when you look at, at that defensive unit going into training camp this year, coming off, the finished 2018, the postseason especially, and the way they played against the Rams, there was a lot of momentum defensively. It's amazing how much has changed in a year's time coming off the loss to the Eagles and how this time a year ago we all wondered, who's going to play linebacker for this team? Yeah, I remember you brought, the, yeah, huh? you brought that up you during know, the broadcast. It was a great point. Yeah, who's the other cornerback opposite Stephon Gilmore? Now you're thinking, wow, which one of these guys isn't going to be on the team who could very well deserve to be? I think there's a lot of depth there, and there's a lot of competition. And we saw Derek Rivers and Shalit Calhoun, for example, both collect sacks on the night. Danny Shelton got a sack early on. I don't think any one of those three players right now is a lot to make the team. But they all made solid impressions in their first preseason go-around. And you could say that really for just about everybody, save for, you know, a guy here or there on that side of the ball. And, and, and maybe the one exception when I say that is, is Duke Dawson, who had a bit of a rough night, as pointed out by everybody else. But I think otherwise, the defense was terrific. 
Well, and the other thing that this points out is how good the depth is. And you well, you know as well as I do, as well as Bill Belichick knows and Gerard Mayo knows that uh, you're not going to have the same unit healthy for 16 games and then the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. Never does. The, the game is a, a game of attrition. And I think it's another thing to our opening uh, point about the way Bill has plotted out the training camp this year. There's been more intensity, of course, than they've gotten into the joint practices, and I think we'll see it ramped up even more when they go against the Titans and Mike Vrabel's team. But very cognizant of injuries, especially early in camp. So many teams are hit hard uh, by players going down with non-contact injuries in particular. And over the course of the season, it's going to happen. Guys are going to be lost to injury. Last year, the Patriots were relatively healthy. Uh, but when they did have a player this time periodically, they had somebody who could step in and more than hold his own. And I think when you look at that defense right now, there is so much depth uh, from the back end really to the front seven that they're in really good shape. And you know that at some point in time, sooner or later, they're going to lose a starter or two. And right now it looks like they're pretty well equipped uh, to fill in if, if that's the case. What's going to be interesting to me is is, is – the composition of the roster. You know, how many how many safeties are they going to take? How many cornerbacks are they going to take? How's, how's that going to affect what they carry on the linebacking core or on the offense? Uh, because they have so many core special teamers that you have to count for as well. Speaking with Bob Sosi, bringing you all of the action of Patriots preseason on television with, of course, his partner Scott Zolak. And they're also, of course, uh, bringing you all the action on radio during the regular season and beyond, we hope and think, on the 98.5 <laughs> Patriots Radio Network. While baseball season is in full swing, placing a wager on baseball has never been easier with all of the best odds found at betonline.ag. Can you believe NFL preseason is already underway? To celebrate another season kickoff, betonline.ag and CLNS Media giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use that promo code CLNS50 to receive your welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines this football season. Get into all the action with betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. Back with Bob Sosi. How about Michael Bennett and Dan Skipper? I thought on uh, Monday, you know, getting into a bit of a dust-up. You know what I like to see about that? That gives Dan Skipper, I think, you know, that baseline for where he's going to need to compete, you know, assuming he makes the roster and whether or not he starts as the left tackle or not. That gives him a good in, a, a good idea in, in a walkthrough of what awaits him this year with the Patriots. Well, a couple of things, Mike. First of all, uh, Michael Bennett is a guy that, that plays with a nasty streak in games, and one of the things Kyle Van Noy said about him this year as a teammate that he didn't realize before is that he practices really hard, and we have seen that. Uh, he, he not only takes exception uh, with Dan Skipper, but he's done it with some other guys already this training camp, and there is an intensity there. To any place, obviously he has to control that, and, and at times he hasn't, sure. including a you know a, a costly offsides. Uh, 
uh, that led to a, <laughs> a bit of a fracas uh, at the end of Super Bowl 49. But in the case of Skipper, he's he's imposing number one at 6'9", and he comes from that Arkansas Razorback stock. We know they're tough guys. Uh, the, the, the Razorbacks the Patriots have had, including Trey Flowers and Dietrich Wise Jr., uh, have proven that in recent years. And they had a couple of offensive linemen out of that program this year, and Yelda Froholt, the rookie interior player, and the aforementioned Skipper, and he's a guy who's been around a bit, and this is an opportunity for him. He's been on practice squads in places like Dallas and Detroit and Denver. He's got a little bit of time on active rosters, but this is his shot. And he's carried himself thus far in camp like a guy that uh, you know, knows it and is very serious about his business and has that nasty streak on the field. It's not the first time I think I've seen little shoving after a play involving him. And uh, he even showed it a little bit with the media not too long ago. He had a really difficult practice, and it was one of those days. Uh, the listener may not know that every day during training camp practices, members of the Patriots PR staff will come around and they'll ask every member uh, of the media, you know, who do you want to talk to today? And it was one of those days when Skipper was probably the most widely requested player because it was apparent that you know, he had a chance to, to earn that tackle spot with Isaiah Winstall on the sideline and well, he ended up having a terrible practice, frankly. And afterwards, uh, he was being questioned by people. And, of course, as a new guy, the Patriots, you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to call attention to yourself for, for the wrong reason. Sure. Uh, and at the same time, had not had a good practice. And so he was asked by uh, one of the members of the media about the weather. It was a very hot day. Probably the, the hottest to that point was, you know, was not as hot as it's been out here. <laughs> and with a scowl, he looked at him and he said, I'm not a weatherman. And, uh, you know, he, he plays with an even greater intensity. And uh, as you noted today, or as we talk and record this conversation, uh, there was a little dust up. Uh, ben, it looked like through a jab after play. And, and, and Skipper gave him uh, a double-fisted, single-fisted salute. <laughs> um, I like to see that. Uh, a couple of things. Back to Michael Bennett for a moment, Bob. What really impressed me that Saturday, and, and you were there and saw this, when he got off, or was it Sunday? It was, was it a Sunday or Saturday where he got off the airplane from Hawaii? I think it was mm-hmm. the first Sunday of training camp. He got off the plane from Hawaii, uh, to attend to the personal matter. And he didn't just go to practice. He was a full participant in that practice. It was a hot day. And the thing, you know, to your point about his compete level, he was in the middle of everything it, it looked like to me. Um, you know, shaking off the rust or trying to get into a rhythm, uh, you know, moving up and down the line. And what what struck me was his compete level in the goal line um, drills. He was in there trying to stop the run, and a couple of times he made some great plays. Yeah, Mike, it, it, it was a case where he had been granted permission by Bill Belichick to report to camp late from Hawaii, and he talked about how grateful he was uh, to be able to come in later than everybody else. And, and you're right, he, he wouldn't tell us exactly what flight he was on, but, you know, when you looked at the the, the flight logs uh, coming into Logan or TF Green, it was obvious that he had flown overnight and without any sleep, basically went right to the facility. And to his credit, not only reported on time for that day, but reported ready to go and suited up. And indeed, he, you know, he shows a burst. He's a guy that's been around this league for a long time. He's had a lot of production, including last year with Philadelphia. And even on those tired legs, 
uh, showed no signs of jet lag, and he hasn't slowed up since. I think he could be a real factor for this team. Now, he's being asked to do some things differently in this defense that he hasn't had to do wherever he's been elsewhere, whether Tampa Bay or Seattle. And we'll see how he responds to that. Chris Long, for example, won a championship but really had a tough time adapting to his role in the Patriots' defense. It wasn't what he was accustomed to doing elsewhere. And he said so after the season and went on to Philadelphia and won another championship. In Bennett's case, we'll see how he responds to what he's being asked to do, which might include you know, playing a bit inside. And, you know, might mean, hey, you can't just rush the quarterback and get up field. Here, you got to make sure that you don't get behind the quarterback. you got to set the edge and you got to do other things, even if your primary job is to rush the passer. Okay, the other thing that stood out to me, Jamie Collins in that first preseason game looked like a different player. Um, obviously, he's still going to be a great explosive type of resource on the edge. But when he and, – and Scott Zolak, I thought, did a great job pointing out the X's and O's of how he looks a little bit different going in, chipping the blocker, um, and, and really taking on the a more active role and taking on the blocker at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, Mike, you know, he's he's a guy that's been, I think, humbled a little bit coming back to the Patriots from Cleveland. And, uh, you know, as the Sosie kids here in the backyard get... Uh, They're get probably all... Uh, it sounds like they are all on board with Scott yeah, Zolak yeah, and Jamie Collins <laughs> returning. Know, they, they don't want anything to do with being shipped out to Cleveland, at least the, the old Browns. But uh, it's amazing to me. Jamie Collins on day one of the OTAs when... We had a chance to look at him for the first time. Looked like a different guy. We always saw the, the freakish athleticism in his time here, but there were reports, of course, before he was traded away to the Browns several years ago that he was freelancing a bit. And you know, we know about uh, the struggles he had with Owen Daniels on the AFC Championship from a coverage standpoint. But from day one this year in the spring, he looked like he was in great shape. He seemingly had a great attitude. He said all the right things including spending more time, by the way, by his own admission with the media, trying to say the right things. But his hands were, all, were on passes in that first practice. Granted, it was a passing camp, not a lot of contact, tough to tell. So you wondered, man, he is so active. He's all over the place. Even Brady said, hey, I remember those arms when Collins batted down a pass. You had to wonder, okay, is he going to be the same guy when they come back here in July? And he has been, even today. intercepted another pass from one of our colleagues, and the president said to me, it seems like every day he's got his hands on the ball. And you mentioned the burst that he had. And beyond that, also the ability to set that edge and force the ball carrier inside so that Juwan Williams can make the initial stop of the game from the cornerback spot. And right now Collins is buying in. And if he does that, then he's going to earn even more money by the end of the season. They might just have a chance to win. I mean, he might just win another championship like he did back in 2014. All right, what about Juwan Bentley and Christian Sam? Well, I'm a huge fan, like I think everybody else around here now, Juwan Bentley. He's a very impressive young man, very, very intelligent, uh, a guy that just knows how to play. He came out of Purdue, didn't get to go to the Combine, but he was a three-time captain with tremendous production. You know, you, you read the scouting reports and you heard what people had to say about him coming out of Purdue, Purdue uh, the, the various draft analysts. And it, and it seemed like he was short a step or there was something that, you know, in their eyes didn't make him, you know, a, a high-level NFL prospect and, and seemingly with a lot of the NFL teams as well. But you hear the, the old cliche, nose for the football. And, and Juwan Bentley 
has that. And he seems like a, a kid who's really, uh, you know, uh, advanced beyond his years, he had a very difficult uh, uh, situation with his family, really a, you know, a case where they, they didn't have a home until so they got to the NFL. And he, uh, you know, he, he was able to buy his family a home last year. And, and I had a Washington, D.C. playing at Purdue, a three-time captain, and garner the kind of respect he had and to carry himself the way he has and to do what he's done in a brief time here, to be a starting linebacker and wear Gerard Mayo's number 51 last year as a rookie in those first three games before suffering a season-ending injury. You know, he earned the confidence and trust of Bill Belichick right away. I think Christian Sam is a guy who's interesting because he, there's, there's some skill there. This is a guy who's a really good athlete at that position. I'm just not sure about the numbers right now. He can play special teams, it seems, and if he can do that well enough, he's got a chance to make it. But, again, that's a pretty deep group right now. What about Gerard? You spoke of uh, Gerard Mayo and the number 51. A lot of conversation about whether and a lot of questions of Bill Belichick, whether or not Gerard Mayo is going to be the de facto defensive coordinator. What do you think? Well, I think he's certainly calling the plays right now. We saw it in the preseason game. Toronto Harmon after practice today more or less confirmed that Mayo has been communicating the defensive calls. Belichick is still very active, though. Belichick has Polaroids. Belichick has the tab with Belichick's in front of that defensive line most days. Talked to some other guys on that defensive uh, unit, and they have said he's been involved in a lot of the meetings, which was the case, frankly, with Matt Patricia and Brian Flores, at least with his involvement on the sideline. I think maybe this year... You know, there's an assumption that he's popped his head into the cornerback safety room a little more frequently than in the past. Uh, and the same thing with the linebackers. But I think Mayo is so bright and that has so much energy and is the kind of person who immediately, when he walks in a room, you know, he, he commands the room and certainly commands the respect of those players uh, under his direction, that, that it won't be a long transition for Gerard Mayo to become the defensive coordinator, not only uh, in, 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 uh, in a figurative way, but as well officially with that title. Belichick is, is uh, one who, going back to his own career under Bill Parcells, uh, called defensive plays around the defense without the title of defensive coordinator. And it, it seems to be that's his, his MO here in operating the Patriots, that He's going to try to alleviate some of the pressure from these young coaches like he did last year with Brian Flores, as he had done before Bill O'Brien was the offensive coordinator, but not in title initially for the Pats. And I think in Gerard Mayo's case, Mike, I, I, I don't think it's going to take very long for Mayo uh, not only to be the play caller and the de facto D.C., but the guy who indeed is the defensive coordinator. But Belichick certainly will have his hands on that defense as long as he's the head coach. Well, that's the first thing that I noticed, and I think after the first defensive series uh, uh, against the Lions at Ford Field, it was Belichick uh, over on the on the sidelines and on the bench uh, instructing. I love seeing that from Bill. The that that the fact that he, you know, he's been he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's won six Super Bowls, but he's still getting his hands dirty on the sideline of a preseason opening game. To me, he that's why he still coaches, right, Bob? Mike, the first thing I noticed my initial training camp in 2013 is that Bill Belichick coached all 90 players, and he's still doing it. And it could be in the game, like you're referencing, or it could be in practice 
when Tom Brady is on one field and all the so-called frontline guys are going at it 11 on 11 and off in the corner of the other field, there are a handful of players practicing punt protection, and there's Bill Belichick leaning over the long snapper and instructing guys on their technique. He's all over the place. He's, he's never been one of those coaches who stands in the tower overlooking uh, the practice fields and then, uh, you know, operates with a CEO style. In Belichick's case, you know, he's on the floor, he's the foreman and the CEO, and very much he is a teacher. Uh, he talks about it all the time. Uh, coaching is teaching, and he considers himself a teacher, and it's clear. And what impresses me so much is that you could be uh, the next rising star of the Pats. You could be Stefan Gilmore from a couple of years ago, and you, or you could be, you know, some undrafted free agent cornerback like D'Angelo Ross, who unfortunately was just injured. Let's just throw his name out there because, you know, he's a guy at, you know, five seven five eight. You you look at so this guy's a long shot to make this team, especially as talented as the Pats are at that position. But you know what? Bill Belichick is out there working with him and investing as much with him as he is with anybody else. Jared Stidham, how much of a run is he going to make at uh, giving – Brian Hoyer, some competition for the backup spot. Well, it looks like Brian Hoyer, and Zoe made this point the other night, it looks like Brian Hoyer uh, it was expecting him to make a run because Brian's yep. very sharp from the get-go, right from the start of OTAs, and especially since the start of training camp in July, Hoyer's been exceptionally sharp. And Stidham is certainly a young man who's made great strides, as we saw in the game. I still think, you know, from an experience standpoint, and as well, you know, the, the level of trust and confidence to be able to go in and, and, and if Brady goes down, be able to allow the Patriots to run their offense from game to game. Right. Now, it's not going to be the same, of course, but I think you know, that experience and Hoyer's time in the system, you know, likely, likely means he's going to be around. But I certainly think that there's a lot to be very impressed about with regards to Stidham. And, you know, we talked about guys getting set and the defense being you know, ready to go every snap the other night for the most part. I thought well, what was most impressive about Stidham is how he got everybody lined up and took control in the two-minute offense late. It led to a missed field goal. But nonetheless, he put the team in, in position to get points right before halftime. And then beyond that, Mike, you know, he's a guy that when he was flushed out of the pocket and under some pressure, to me, his eyes were always in the right place before he was running. He was looking downfield and, uh, he's a kid that uh, came out of a, a great program uh, in terms of the competition he was facing. Uh, had had you know was maybe a substandard junior year base compared to his sophomore season with Auburn. For a lot of reasons for that uh, offensive line lack of running game for the Tigers, but yeah, he, he faced great competition. He's really bright. I've heard a lot of good things about him. Uh, had had a good experience at the Senior Bowl and had the NFL coaching there from Kyle Shanahan and his staff and. You know, every day he's gotten better for the Patriots, and it'll be a lot of fun to see him uh, continue to progress. But I think he's got a challenge ahead of him going against the Titans and Mike Rabel's defense this week against Tennessee. Maybe a a much better test uh, than uh, what he faced last week against the Lions. Based on what you said, I'm going to think that the Patriots are carrying three quarterbacks for the first time in a while, right? Well, they carry three with Jimmy and Jacoby. Oh, that's right. You know, I think that – um, you know, in fact, as it turned out, when Tom was suspended in 2016, 
Jimmy got hurt in game two, and Jacoby won the third game of the season against the uh, Houston Texans, <laughs> running uh, a lot of uh, read option, uh, in, including uh, a play when he uh, uh, kept the ball and, and, and ran it in for a touchdown. But uh, I, I think right now my guess is three, but, you know, Stidham continues to come on. Uh, then that, that certainly, and, and you look at the, we talked at length about the depth at, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Bill Belichick is forced to make a decision. Do I keep three quarterbacks? Well, yeah, and that may be what I really want to, but, you know, we can't afford to, to expose so-and-so and, and, and try to sneak him out of the practice squad because somebody's going to take him. But again, I think we're a long way from that point still. All right. What do, um, what do you have planned this week before uh, with your uh, team, Sosi, before you head out to Nashville? Any any fun with the kids? <laughs> Gotta give them props because well, they're gonna lot. they're gonna get uh, they're gonna get credit uh, here on the podcast uh, as uh, <laughs> assistant producer of Bob Sosi. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just glad that nobody came away. Uh, usually, when when uh, usually when they find their way into the background and then eventually the foreground of any interview, somebody winds up crying and, and occasionally there's blood drawn. So far, you know they're doing okay. Uh, but uh, well, we, we we've had a great weekend with the Thursday game that allowed so many of us the opportunity to have a weekend off uh, even after the preseason started. So we were able to. Uh, Sail Boston Harbor on uh, one of the uh, nice. sightseeing ships. Really cool thing. You know, it's one of the nice things you get to do when you have a visitor from out of town yep. come in. You get to do one of the touristy things that you, you generally don't take advantage of uh, when you when you live somewhere. And uh, you know, so that was a great time. But now I'm I'm shipping off uh, in a matter of speaking to Nashville, Tennessee, for the next few days. I'll be there for the joint practices Wednesday and Thursday. Pats and the Titans get at it. Friday's a walkthrough, no media access. It's closed to the public. And then, of course, Saturday, game number two in the preseason. And I do think that going against uh, the, the Titans, it's going to be a much more difficult contest for the Pats. Tom Savage, David Fales, that Lions team that the Pats faced on Thursday. Yeah, it's Ryan Tannehill as the backup quarterback for the Titans. And <laughs> I know that uh, there has long been a question whether he was a franchise quarterback candidate in the NFL, and it turned out he wasn't in Miami, but nonetheless got a lot of starting experience. And with Mike Vrabel, one has to think he'll have his team a lot better prepared for this game. But uh, for the Patriots, they got off to a great start last week, and you hope they can continue it. I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. Thank our terrific guest, Bob Sosi. Catch him again this Saturday, as he just mentioned, on the Patriots preseason television network, calling all of the action as the Patriots take on Mike Vrabel's Titans in Nashville. He's also, of course, the voice of the Patriots uh, on the air, 98.5, the Patriots radio network. Be sure to follow him all season long and into the postseason. I want to also thank our great sponsor, BetOnline.ag. For producer Mike Alonji and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media Podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. 
Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.